Welcome to Around the Table. If we see others as God sees them, we'll treat them with respect and integrity. We'll strive for peace. Like all of our church's guiding statements, it's a high calling. Today's discussion is a scripture-rich meditation on guiding principle F. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to walk counter to the culture and we're exhorted numerous places in scriptures to take on the very image of Christ. I'm Randy Beer and I serve the Milford, Indiana congregation and have with me today a brother who will help us consider an area of Jesus's life that we are to mimic in our own lives. And this is Brett Lands, serve in the Ritman, Ohio congregation. One thought I just would begin with is just the thought around these guiding principles in general, and it helped me to think about what these are based on the word, and it's how we live out our church vision, purpose, and mission. We're focusing with uh, Brother Randy today on the guiding principle that simply says, we see God's value in each individual and joyfully reflect Jesus' peaceful spirit. You know, I like to think about the words that are contained there uh, in that principle. And one part to me simply says, it's our view of people. But I think one thing there, it's a key qualifier there is it's God's value. And then the other part speaks how we interact with all people. And there, too, I think a key qualifier is Jesus' peaceful spirit. So as we think about those words and how they flow together, you know, Randy, when you think of the application of this principle, what stands out in your mind? Well, I think a key part of that is, you know, our relationships with people. And um, part of that is how we view people and you know, we're going to treat people in the same way that we view them. And I think you go to Scripture a little bit on setting a mindset in that. In Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, that each esteem other better than themselves. And look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Another Scripture, Romans twelve ten. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. And so... I think the question that comes to me is, do I truly esteem others higher than myself? Uh, and I think that helps us then to have God's view of the value of each individual. And think, you know, the best way for us to learn is to go to the Bible. And so, Brett, can you think of some accounts in the Bible that would illustrate God's value for the individual and Jesus' peaceful spirit? Well, as we think about that, it would probably quickly become obvious that there are several. But just to draw hearts around uh, the word and to to think about that, there's just a few to to share and and maybe talk about briefly. But as I thought about this that we we talked about, all of these were situations where there was tense. It was a tense situation and a calming presence was brought into their midst or the use of use of an individual or the words of Jesus even. So just one, a couple from the Old Testament is a thought of the account there of, of Abraham and, and Lot. 
you know, as they come to that point of, of disagreement and going their separate ways, Abraham saw that opportunity to share there the, the one verse just says, and Abraham said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee. And then further on, he says, if thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Another example that comes to mind in, in the Old Testament there is Joseph and his brothers towards the end there, they're in that time of reunion. In an earthly sense, we we would have given all Joseph the opportunity or justification to not show kindness or show forgiveness. But we saw that God used him there in that very moment and even the words that he could say there, he says, and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So there too, God's value in an individual in that peaceful spirit in an opportunity that was pretty tense. So then other examples, obviously, as we speak about and think about Jesus' peaceful spirit and how we can reflect that, it's good to think about his ministry. And one is the Jesus and the woman there with the alabaster box. She was there in that place and uh, washed his feet with her tears and wiped with her hair and anointed his feet. And, of course, there was criticism of, of her and her state and background. And guess Jesus simply says, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Draws me to the, the Jesus, another woman, the adulterous woman, that was brought to him in that very act. And he says there, Without sin, cast the first stone. And again, as he speaks to her in that, in that, in his presence, in that calming way, he says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Again, brought a very tense situation in his calming words and peaceful spirit could share that. Instructions for her, but instructions for, for all of us. Jesus eating with the publicans and the sinners, you know, speaking there of the sick needing a physician. And again, he was criticized or questioned in that opportunity, a tense situation. And Jesus' words says, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And lastly, the account there of the Good Samaritan that we know well, as we think about the sharing of that and the purpose of that, he simply says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So it's a call there to service. It's a call there to compassion. But the individual that we can see joyfully reflecting the spirit of Jesus. So as we ponder the examples of Scripture, old and new, and especially the ministry of Jesus, we can think about different settings in which this can become real and applicable to us. So Randy, as we think about living out this principle, 
what it looks like. How does this start in our home and with our families? Well, I appreciate that question because I think it does start at home. And I think about, you know, how do we learn even as young children what following a Christ-like example is. It's from our parents. And so we learn from our parents and we as parents teach or model to our children. And so I think it does all start at home and a big part of the home and and modeling that is in our marriages. And, you know, when we talk about seeing God's value in someone, we have an opportunity to that in our own mate and seeing the strengths in, in each other and focusing on that. I guess every morning we wake up, we make a choice. We're going to focus on um, someone's strengths or we're going to focus on their weaknesses. And that can be individuals or that can be even in our workplace or church or whatever. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna in our marriage we're gonna have differences of opinion, different ways of we how we deal with our children or different thoughts and you know, how do we work through a peaceful resolution uh, in times of disagreement and and that is gonna come through Jesus's grace being extended through us and his spirit within us in Ephesians 5, 21, and and also in verse 25, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, and husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And so that's a pretty high bar, but it is, you know, when we can do that joyfully with the Spirit of Christ in us, it is going to have an impact in our homes. And in dealing with our children, there's when they're little, we can get exasperated at times and frustrated and, um, you know, discipline is necessary, but just, again, that peaceful spirit of Christ, if it can be what's magnified in our home, it is going to have an effect on our children. Think about siblings and how they deal with each other and just that need to be willing to forgive and dealing with that competitiveness between children and and uh, it's just going to be natural things that are there that we have to help them work through and the selfishness that can come uh, in children that we, you know, through teaching the word and through reflecting Christ's spirit within us is going to have also an impact on that. I think even in the sibling, just that willingness to forgive, even there's things, sibling rivalries that get carried even into adulthood that need to be laid down. I think as as a father dealing with uh, children, and I obviously still have room to grow in this, but in Ephesians 6, 4, it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admission of the Lord. And Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turneth away wrath. Uh, you know, and we continue to learn in that. There's definitely that sanctification process in all of our lives, and that's probably why as grandparents maybe we do better than we did as parents, but in Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is ahead, even Christ. And I guess the last area on the family that I think of is just as children or those that are still living under mom and dad's authority in the home, you know, it says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And another place that references the first commandment with prop, with promise. And so, we as children have to also learn to forgive our parents uh, where they've grown to just not carrying that bitterness into adulthood and also the understanding of 
seeing God's value uh, in our parents. But it's not just in, in the home, but also we have it in our church family. And so, Brett, how do you, you know, when you're our minister there in the Ritman Church and and uh, have to deal with people, how do you feel like this guiding principle can help you there within the church family? Well, before I go there, I appreciate those thoughts on family and the connection to church family. And as you shared there and those that for the benefit of this conversation, I I married Randy's sister. So I'll try not to share too much of what I heard about sibling rivalry. <laughs> the, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, but there's lots of interactions that happen just in our own homes through the generations and really lots of parallels there then too as we move to thinking about the, the church and the brethren. You know, I think about, you know, Milford, you know, where I've attended often, a smaller church versus the, a bigger church where I'm from. And regardless of the size, all of them are made up of, of individuals. So that is often a cause for us to think about <clears throat> individuals and their differences and one teaching point that's under this principle it simply says we are willing to lay aside our own desires for the spiritual welfare of others. When you think about what that means, and as I thought about that, I really thought about that definition of charity that's spelled out so clearly, and a whole time and topic could be spent just on these verses in 1 Corinthians, but it said, Char- charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. We can see how that charity and that peaceful spirit of Jesus and the interactions and relationships, how we can ponder just that meaning alone to strive to apply that. It leads to the blessedness, as Jesus could say there, of peacemakers. As he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Opportunities, you know, as we get involved with our church and church family and the many ways in which we can do that, serving in different capacities and roles in prayer and the ministry, that there's many, many opportunities to show the love of Christ, to be that blessed peacemaker. I think part of that's assuming the best in others. We've gone through a, a time, and as I reflected, and it's easy for us to reflect after we've gone through a time here of a of a worldwide pandemic, uh, the things that on that journey, even as a congregation, we could uh, go through. And we had differing opinions on on how things were carried out or the view of things. But it's a good reminder, I think, to, to see each other as, as God sees us in those relationships. I think um, Paul says it well in Galatians there, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, but we are all 
one in Christ Jesus. And I think anytime we can look upon each other as brethren and, and uh, show love and compassion and listening and communication is important there, as James says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. It's been good for us to think about that as we as we go through any experience to reflect upon the uh, lessons learned, uh, but also how we interacted with one another and saw really God in each one of us. So our church family and in, in our homes, Randy, there's we spend a significant time there also, but in our communities, in our schools and marketplaces and workplaces, all the other places we are, lots of opportunities to interact. What opportunities present themselves in, in these situations, Randy? Our audience would cover a pretty broad area of where each one finds themselves out in in the world, maybe, so to speak, in our businesses, in our jobs and school or whatever it is. But I guess I have to think, you know, this is probably the most likely place that we will have to be an example to the unbeliever. And I appreciate your, you know, your comments on our church and how we get along. And even, you know, the, the word would bear that out, that that's how the world's going to know who the disciples of Christ are, is their love one for another. So that's important that we get that right. But as we go into, uh, you know, in our businesses, and I think, you know, as a businessman myself, I have to focus on the bottom line, but I think sometimes we need to be careful that as we are, you know, dealing with people, you know, and we come back to the principle, do we joyfully reflect Jesus' peaceful spirit when we're doing business? And do we, in focus on that bottom line, do we have a tendency to forget that really it's ultimately God's provision and providence? Uh, that determines where we end up. And he is the one that ultimately blesses or takes away as he sees fit. And so to remember that and understand that at the core of us in our work or in doing business or if we are in the marketplace, what are we reflecting? And the goal is for us to to reflect that peaceful spirit of Christ, especially in the day and time which we live, live where there's just so much confrontation and differences of opinion, pretty strong-held beliefs and, and opinions. And so for us to, to bring into that, that reflection of Jesus is going to have a lot of value. And I think, you know, just in even how we uh, deal with strangers, and you had as an example there in the scriptures, a good Samaritan, but, you know, how do we handle that? And in Hebrews 13, 2, it says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, thereby, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And, you know, if we even had a remote thought that it was an angel we were dealing with, our, we would probably handle it completely different. But And I think of, an, of our attitude and just what we portray, I uh, guess what comes to mind is, you know, you alluded to the past year and a half or whatever, and I you know, if we go back into 2020, how many times did people make a comment? Well, what do you expect? It's 2020. And that was, you know, just convicted to me that I needed to more often respond. Well, we are a blessed people, you know, and God is still present, still here. We are, have food, clothing, and shelter in abundance for us, you know, that are, that are in this country for sure. And, uh, had 
tremendous blessings. Uh, and God was still, still definitely with us. And so do we joyfully reflect that, just that joyful presence to be there. And that's definitely an area that I can work on too. And think the words that we speak in our body language, uh, it does make a difference in how we present that peaceful spirit of Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 5.15, see that none render evil for evil unto any, evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. And so that you know goes to everybody. And I think of a personal account in our own congregation one Sunday afternoon, a lady came in and sat over on the wing in our church and she brought her dog into church. That was definitely a little bit of a distraction, but what came after the service and I gave the announcements to the church as she walked towards the pulpit with her dog and came right up on the pulpit and asked to speak to the church. And and uh, so she ended up coming to our church for quite a while. And, and there was a couple in church that kind of helped her find a place. She was definitely a, was hitting bottom, helped her find a place to live and tried to help just her provide for herself to find her basic needs. And one evening they called and wanted to know if I would come visit with her. And so I went and the four of us sat around a table we visited. She asked me to have a prayer for her as we tried to share the gospel message and give her a little bit of hope in life. And when I got done praying, she started praying and she just poured out her heart to God for help. And, you know, I'm not going to say she's converted today and she hasn't been in church for quite a while, but we got tested as a church on that, and I go back, you know, to that angels unaware have no idea why God brought her in our church, but it was a little unnerving to have a dog in our church, and she brought it quite often because that was all she had in life. Just I think there's times that we need to, again, go back to look for God's value, understanding it's his will that all would come to the knowledge of the truth, and we don't draw lines and separate out. But I don't, Brett, and as you think about this principle and as you've worked on it, <clears throat> what would you say is an area that that's a challenge to you that you have to really work at to apply this in your life? Well, as long as you realize that I'm going to ask you the same question. <laughs> <laughs> we were, as we talked about this, mine probably sounds similar to what you had shared. And, but one thing is I'm probably more, I know, quiet and reserved maybe. So, I often term it as a missed opportunity or maybe a hesitation, you know, when we have those times where we're aware of something or know someone or want to make a connection or a relationship and we just kind of hesitate. And, and I think that's, that's an area that, that I need to, to work on to find that balance. And we just reminded that just, just this week had a, a long time colleague in the workplace at, in a previous job that, I knew he had a diagnosis that wasn't good. It was most likely going to be months before his death. But I had in my mind that, you know, someday here this summer, uh, I would give him a call. But here he died just this past week, and I had missed that opportunity. He didn't need to hear from me, but I knew it was just a time for me to express my appreciation for his support. And he was a very talented teacher. Um, but it was just a reminder that we don't uh, don't lose those missed opportunities in uh, seeing God's value in each individual and that when what Jesus would do. So how about you, Randy? 
Well, I guess when I think of Jesus and who he was drawn to, that's what probably brings conviction to me to do better. I think of the time when he stood up and preached in the synagogue, and it's referenced in Luke 4.18, but he read from Isaiah, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's what Jesus came to do. And I just think of the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, the blind, the bruised. I'm not sure that's what I'm drawn to. And yet, in seeing God's value, understanding that, that each one has a soul, and those that are hurting is who Jesus was drawn to, to, you know, to reflect that peaceful spirit. You think the people that are destitute in the day and time in which we live, they're usually not in peaceful situations. And so that's what we have to offer. And I just think, you know, when we joyfully reflect Jesus' peaceful spirit, that's how we glorify God. And by seeing God's value in every person, we're more readily to be bound together and more fully reflect God's love, grace, and truth to all people. And, and when we love as Jesus loves, which is you know, what we're striving for as a denomination, that's all people. And if we do it joyfully, we're better equipped, you know, to fulfill our four-pillar mission, which is to present, nurture, serve, and preserve. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your interest and also welcome your comments. To share your feedback or episode ideas, go to the settings menu in AC Central, select User Feedback, and when the webpage opens, click the Feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.